Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku, and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these. I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most of them. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Uh, you can go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get the Athletic for $1 a month for six months. It's basically free for six months. And you can go read a, a beat writer mock draft that I participated in this week. And uh, the Thunder got a really nice little tankathon spin. We're going to do some tankathon spins and uh, run through scenarios that uh, lots of teams could go through, and the the Thunder got the second pick, and it was a happy, happy spin, which makes me just believe that we're, we're gonna we're destined for seven. We can't we and can't run out of luck here. Run out of luck here. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it, Andrew. But uh, Andrew took Keegan Murray, guys. <laughs> I took Keegs. Two. I took Keegs too. Keegs. He's I, falling in love. I need a sure thing. I need a sure thing. I don't want. I don't want that upside business. Well, if we're making the play, if we're going for the playoffs next year, that's right. You got to get someone who's ready. That's right, Lou Dort. Lou Dort needs needs someone who's ready, and the most ready player is Keegan Murray. So go go check that out. This is a joke. If you don't understand jokes, <laughs> sorry. Uh, let's uh let's take a little tankathon spin ourselves, Al. I'm gonna hit sim lottery. I'm gonna close my eyes, and then we're gonna. Yeah, it's really important you close your eyes. This is our destiny. I don't do I. I feel like I have to. All right, here we go. And the Thunder get the Oh, this is these are my favorite scenarios. My by far my favorite scenarios. So, number 1 pick goes to Orlando, number 2 to Houston, number 3 to San Antonio, number 4 to Oklahoma City via the Clippers. And then yes. the Thunder get the 6th pick. Four and six. So those that's pretty juicy, though. We it love is, that. It is very juicy. You have to be. You're not like jumping around ecstatic. Well, maybe you are actually. Never mind. If the Clippers pick jumps up, you are jumping around excited because you get oh, yeah. you get two pieces. And you call San Antonio. Like if you really want three, if the guy you want is going to be at three or even at one, like this is a chance where you could trade a scenario where you could trade to one. Or if you call the Orlando, say, hey, listen. Like you already have a big, you have lots of bigs. We'll give you four and six for one. And I think that yeah, for sure. I'm I'm so interested to see what uh, Orlando does in this draft. I know if, if they stay in that top three. 
it's one of the worst drafts for them to be picking top three because <laughs> there's no what they really need is someone to lead their team and the problem is there's really not that guy in this class i mean i well, think they're just i think paula Boncaro is the closest thing to it like the way we talk about our roster i feel like there are still some obvious areas of improvement like you look at the four and five and you're like oh. we could slot in a 30 minute guy in one of those spots like super easily easily yeah for the magic like i like Oklahoma City's talent more. Yeah. But but in terms of their depth of like young talent, like if you take a guard, okay, that means that like you're taking away minutes from one of Suggs, Fultz, or Cole Anthony, yeah. who you all who you like apparently. RJ. RJ, yeah. So like I almost said RJ Hunter, RJ Hampton. It, it's just it's just tough. Like they have they have to make real decisions. Whereas like with the Thunder, even if they took Jaden Ivey, yeah, I would still feel like they're gonna make this work. Yeah. And I'm not really that worried about it. Uh-huh. The Magic have to like choose. They're choosing a path in this draft, I one know. way or another. I know. <laughs> Whether they want to or not, they're going to have to. And I don't. And I still don't feel good about it. I think you feel good if you're. I mean, if you're Houston and you have Jalen Green already, like, you feel pretty good because like we have a go-to score. If we add a a big man with him, like right. that's yeah. that's great. Uh, Detroit, even I think you feel good. OKC, I think you feel good because you've got two guys that can run your offense. Like this, to me, this draft is there's just a lot of guys that can help be your like one B, like or like really great complementary piece with like the ability to become better than that. Like that's that's like the top of this draft, which is not a bad place for like I said, OKC, Detroit. Houston. I don't think it's a bad spot for those guys. Even Portland, if Portland jumped up, like it's not a horrible draft for yeah. them to jump up. But for Orlando, it's tough. Uh, who do you like it for? Let's just say the the three bigs are are the ones that are taken because I I just believe that those are like the three best players in this draft. Yeah. Let's say that they're gone and you're at four and six. Who are you targeting with those two picks? Based on what I've read so far, and then this player is the reason why you say based on what I've read so far, like <laughs> yeah. I, I think it might be shade and sharp for me. Okay. Um that that PD Web article, yeah, detailing Shaden got me really excited because the things that he's not as good at, it feels like he would be better in like the, the Thunder system would help sure. uh kind of iron some of those things out. Mm-hmm. And the things he is good at which is the shot making. And mm-hmm. if you just go and look at his stats, you're going to say, oh, whatever. Depending on where you're looking at, he shot like 35% or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the difficulty, the degree of difficulty of those shots was so insanely high yeah. that like, I think there's an elite shooter there. Yeah. And then, and then you factor in like the athleticism, the size, which th- that's really the difference between like him and Ivy for me. Yeah. Ivy is 6'4", mm-hmm. Shaden is 6'6", six, six, and he's still super young, so who knows? I mean, yeah. he could grow another inch or something. Ivy's but a little beefier. He is beefier. He is beefier for sure. Um, but he, he's a little bit older, and, and he is a little bit shorter. And I feel, I, be- just, well, I feel better about, just from hearing what people have said, I feel better about Shaden's jump shot, too. Yeah. Which is a huge so, I don't know. Right now, I'm like really excited about Shaden Sharp. I just think he would be a potentially really good fit as a off-ball scorer. Yeah. Because if if you read the article, like the main weakness 
that PD Webb highlighted was that when he has the ball in his hands, he can kind of get like a black hole mm-hmm. like feeling to him mm-hmm. where he's just not making decisions super quick. I don't think he would be on ball a ton in Oklahoma City. I think they would have him just being this like off ball scorer mm-hmm. and, and he's an awesome shooter. Like I, I just think I, I really like that fit and I like the idea that this guy has like the 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 history with his high school rankings and stuff. Like this is like a a true top recruit that just mm-hmm. happens to be entering this draft right now. Mm-hmm. And I get that like you can't really watch too much of him. No, because you only watch good. I was saying this the other day. It's like yes, you only watch good. Like the, and that's not. It's it's cool. Like that's cool to know that he can do good things. But I want to like, how does he screw up? And how does he react after he screws up? Like those are. Those are big things when you're watching prospects. It's like not only like what can you do, but what don't you do and how do you react to it, I think are is a big deal. What and then you, you factor in like the Shea connection. Yeah. With like, the guy's name's Dwayne Washington, who was uh-huh. like an advisor for Shea and uh-huh. is now an advisor for Shaden. Uh-huh. They're both Canadian. Like, I, I think you could build a really. I mean, it's totally superfluous. Like, who really cares? But, yeah. like, building, like, this Canadian core in Oklahoma City is just kind of a fun idea. Uh, it's kind of like whenever the Thunder didn't draft Kelly Oubre. Where it was like, yeah! There was, like, the D.C. connection. Biggest mis- biggest draft mistake ever, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> okay, so then if they have the sixth pick, what do yeah. you do there? Let's say Detroit takes Keegan. Keegan. Wait, they're taking Keegan? They're taking Keegs. So Ivy's still there at six? Oh, I- man. Ivy's still there at six. AJ Griffin's still uh, there at six. Matherin's think, still there. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm coming around to the idea of Jalen Duren. Um, and because you're getting a guy who I really trust his shot at four, yeah. I'm a little bit more open to taking a guy who is currently a non-shooter. Um. I'm trying to open my mind up to the idea that like the Thunder don't have to get a shooter at every single pick. Yeah, I'm trying to be more flexible with that stance because if Shea go, goes back to shooting what he did or just close to it, yeah, and you have someone like Shaden Sharp who you feel good about. Uh-huh. I was looking at Trey Mann's numbers the other day and like it, it's kind of wild. Yeah. What he did this year. Yeah. I mean, you look at his overall three point percentage, and you're like, yeah, whatever. He took he shot thirty seven percent on step back threes. Yeah, that's pretty he sick. shot forty percent from the corners. Like I, I think there's a real shooter there. Yeah. So all of a sudden I'm a little bit more willing to take a non shooter, even though that like terrifies me in some ways just because of <laughs> OKC's history. And the fact that okay, if we build around this non shooting center now. Am I just going to hate myself in a few years when we're like, we just need one shooter? Yeah. But like, I don't have the the big man concerns about Jalen Duran that you would have about, you know, like Steven Adams or someone where you're like, is this guy going to get played, literally played off the floor yeah. in the playoffs? Like, I don't have those concerns. Uh-huh. So I'm a little bit more open to that idea. And again, you're betting on youth and athleticism. And yeah. Now that I'm saying it out loud, it, those kind of sound like old Thunder picks. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they, I don't know. They do. Ivy feels old thunder to me too. Um, I would, I might, I might go sharp and AJ Griffin. Yeah, and open yourself up to playing. Like I just, I just think about the Celtics, right? Where, like, they're just 
incredibly switchy and everybody can do something on the offensive end. And if you run like Shea, Sharp, AJ Griffin, Giddy, whatever big you can get. Big. You know, like Kamagate. Yeah, you can get it later <laughs> in the 30. draft. Or JRE, who's like very Grant Williamsy, you know. Mm-hmm. Like that's that to me is incredibly interesting because then you have like real shooting, you know, on the floor with those two. Yeah. Like, and like those guys can do more as well. And like, I just like the idea of just if you can get a wing to be a good player on your team and maybe one of those guys pops like you are in such a good place you know like yeah. may, may, maybe Shaden is not who we think he is you know but AJ is like just swing at both honestly is kind of how I feel because I'm not like so in love with anybody else other than the top three guys like I'm not so in love with anybody else that I'm like, you You have to, let's go for fit and let's get Duran or let's get Tari Eason in here who's a little bit bigger. Like, I'm just, to me, if you can get AJ Griffin or Shaden Sharp, who likes, to, and you can say, like, oh, they're both 6'6". Six, six. They're both 18. Yeah. Like, they could, they could be, Shaden Sharp could be 6'8 by, by the time it's all said and done. Like, we don't know. So, to me, that, that, that would be really intriguing because if if that worked out in some way like you have these two like pretty big wings to kind of flank the offense for Shea and Giddy like that to me is like that's that's very very intriguing yeah I'd probably feel more comfortable taking a big if it ends up more like four and twelve yeah Um, yeah yeah. I agree because I just I'm I'm like you. After after the first couple picks, I'm just not in love with anyone yet. Yeah. Um. I, I keep waiting for someone to like really excite me, and and that article on Shaden did, but I I'm I'm struggling with the other guys in that like six to ten range. Yeah. And I haven't watched a lot of those guys in like real detail yet, but that's how I feel today. Uh. uh how, how are you feeling about uh? I feel like you got to do what? What's the opposite of eating crow? Hmm. Right. I guess taking a victory lap on the Atlanta Hawks, Andrew. It took it took a little while. Yeah. It took another season, but I feel like it came through for you. I'm feeling good. I, I, I mean, I guess if you're a Hawks fan, you still feel good that you got to the Eastern Conference Finals, but I think you feel less certain about your future. Like, like, what are we? Like, what are we going to be? The Eastern Conference is so incredibly difficult now and won't be getting any easier for a while, <laughs> you know? The, yeah. I I don't know. I I think, I mean, my whole point was, like, why are you hitting the fast-forward button now? And And that's the thing. That's what, that's exactly what Sam, like, this is the scenario that Sam was talking about that he wants to avoid, where he's like, don't touch that freaking button. Like, don't touch it. Because it like the button was Danilo Gallinari, you know, and Bogdanovich, and the, like just like those you don't need to do that yet. If they had another lottery pick on their team, 
I think that you feel better, especially in now that we know like how strong that past draft was. I, I think that you feel a little bit like, oh man, because if if we could have added Franz Wagner or Jonathan Kaminga or Josh Giddy or any of those guys, or if we got really lucky and we got Scotty Barnes or somebody in that draft, you're feeling so good, and. Like now it's just like, oh man, like what exactly are we? Like what where exactly yeah. are we heading? And I feel you still feel good about Trey Young, but then after that, I think you're just you there's a ton of question marks. It feels like they fast forward themselves into being the Blazers of the Eastern <laughs> Conference. Yeah. Because like like everyone knew at the time with that Blazers run that like yes, you could celebrate it, yes, it was awesome. But there was like a flukiness to it, yeah. Just the f- and, and it and it was borne out by the fact that they got swept in the conference finals. Obviously, it was the Warriors, but and then they come back and wh- what that does when you do it so early is now the expectations for the Hawks are like sky high. Oh yeah, and why wouldn't they be? Like if you were a fan of the Hawks, it's like we just made the conference finals. Like if you go back and read, I was reading Chris Kirshner's kind of like autopsy report of the season, uh-huh. and he was talking about how at the beginning of the season. Like there was all these expectations to take the next step. The only next step then is the finals. NBA finals, baby. And so their expectations have been set sky high for a team that in reality is probably more like the Blazers, where you feel good about them making the playoffs most years, assuming you get decent health. Yeah. But you're not going to be a contender anytime soon. And that, that conference finals run gives you this false sense of being so much closer than you really are. And I don't know if any team, I mean, I guess it happened to the Blazers after they made their conference finals run because it's kind of fallen apart since then. Yeah. But I don't know if any team's been like humbled as much as the Hawks did as a conference finalist going to then having to fight in the play in and, and do all that. Yeah. So I just, I don't know what they do. I think that I if, if you're a Hawks fan, you tell yourself, listen, DeAndre Hunter looked really good. <laughs> In that last game, yeah, he did. maybe he's coming back. Yeah, we still like a Kongwu. You still have Herder, who's young. You still have Trey Young. But it's funny how like the whole idea with Atlanta was Travis Schlenk came from Golden State. He's he's building the Golden State model. Yeah, and in in retrospect, it feels more like he's building the Portland model, <laughs> which is like <laughs> like undersized guard who can't defend. Yeah, like I I, I don't know. I just. And they don't have anybody as good as CJ. Right. Like yeah, they, they need don't. one of their guys to develop into that or they need to trade for somebody or something. I mean, they're they've been due for a consolidation trade. Like maybe that's how they take the next step. Like there's ways to do it. However, <laughs> Atlanta's not a destination. Like it just hasn't been a destination for NBA players even though it's a big city. Uh, I just it's you know who be I've tough. been, uh, you know whose name has been coming up. I've been listening to a lot of like local podcasts. You know whose name keeps coming up when people are talking about trades and free agency. Uh huh. Lugans Dort. Oh really? I had uh, the Charlotte Hornets guy Richie Randall. He DM'd me just uh-huh. asking about like what what is Dort's status. Yeah. And then I was listening to a Blazers podcast and they brought him up. You think about Atlanta, like Dort would be like Dort, a very nice target for Atlanta as well. <clears throat> I'm not saying that the Thunder could or should trade. I mean, I guess they could trade him. I'm not saying they should trade him. Yeah. But when fans of other teams are looking around the league and they're trying to look for like quick fixes, mm-hmm. 
like a 23 year old on a cheap deal who's already a really good defender yeah. and can score like other teams fans are very excited about Lou Dort. He'd be a great fit next to Trey Young because he's yeah. like they need a point of attack defender that can take pressure off of Trey. He's yeah, he's kind of perfect for them. I don't know what the trade would be. Yeah, that's the problem cuz like they're it's they're not going to trade you a Kongwu. And after that, it's like Jalen Johnson, which the Thunder had a chance to take Jalen yeah, Johnson no, and didn't take you. him. No, thank you. So I, I don't really think there is a deal there. But I'm just I'm just kind of interested to see, and obviously we won't know this, but I wonder if a team will make a offer for Dort. What about Herder for Dort? Would you do that? Probably not. Yeah. That Herder. doesn't really get me that excited. He didn't have a good year. And, and especially he's like if, getting paid. And if this scenario happens that we talked about, which we don't know what's going to happen with the draft, but if that if that scenario happened and the Thunder are like, yeah, let's just take some wings, yeah, like, you don't need them, you know. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I feel like the the Hawks are just such a good like warning. Yeah, they are. To, they to are fans. a warning of don't touch that friggin' button. Like, and that's... and I'm sure there's Atlanta fans and there's probably even Thunder fans who'd say like, listen, I would take. So few teams in this in this league make the conference finals. Yeah, I would take that conference finals run because it's been so long since the Thunder have been to one. I mean, it's over yeah. it's six years now yeah. since they've been to a conference finals. Yeah, and it's probably going to be a lot longer. Yeah. So I, I I get it, but man, when when you do that, you have to nail those moves so perfectly. This is like the whole. An arrival, not an appearance thing. And and the Hawks are going to be in the playoffs again. Like, that will happen again. But what he meant by that is we're going to arrive as the team that we're going to be. Like, we're not going to do this whole, like, like they needed Ben Simmons to become a basket case and for Philly to fall apart to get there. You know, like, there were a lot of circumstances that lined up for them to get there. I think what Sam and his team want is to have the team that's going to get there and have as, as good a chance the next season to do it again. And, you know, that's, that's what he's talking about. You know, that kind of feels like the Simmons trade destination for me, because in order for the Nets to trade Simmons, you're going to need a team that's pretty desperate. Uh, and, and they make when sense. You look, they make when sense. you look at when you look at the tradable pieces Atlanta has. Yeah, they don't get you like super excited. But if you're the Nets, you look at all those depth pieces, whether whether it's Capella or or John Collins or yeah. whoever. Like all those guys would significantly help the Nets. Yeah. Now the Nets would want to come out of that feeling like we got multiple depth pieces. It, it's essentially undoing the original Harden trade. It is, yeah. It's is, like is trying to get is. Jared Allen back. Can we get yeah? Can we get Jared Allen back? Because like right now, if you called the Cavs and said let's trade Jared Allen straight up for Ben Simmons, they would just laugh at you and hang up. Right. Which is crazy to think about because like that was only one of the pieces that it took to get James Harden. In town, like they should have just not. I mean, in hindsight, it's hard to say like you shouldn't have traded for James Harden, but they had like a good like basketball team before they made that deal that we never really got to see. Yeah, over any extended period of time. Yeah, I mean, Jared Allen would have been incredible for them this season. But yeah, it's, yeah, I, I'm just I'm thankful that I, I don't have to think too hard about Ben Simmons. <laughs> 
Um, like, like, like I can't. I just can't imagine being a Sixers fan and then being a Nets fan right now. Oh my god! And having to like go through the off season thinking about Ben Simmons uh-huh. when you literally know nothing. Nothing. And but you're gonna get reports every single day. Oh. <laughs> like you, you, you almost have like too much information and yeah. zero information when it comes to Ben Simmons. Right. And if you're and H- just, if you're Houston. Like you just have to be just dancing that you didn't oh, do that deal. Yeah, if there were any like remaining questions about whether Houston made the right move, and if it's true that they basically went to Harden was like, would you rather go to Brooklyn or to Philly? Yeah, and that the reason they chose Brooklyn was just because that was where Harden and they wanted to do right by him. Like, man, they got lucky that yeah. he did not choose Philly, which he eventually chose. Yeah, because. That trade, in retrospect, can you imagine? I mean, we, we, of course, we don't know. I mean, maybe Simmons goes to Houston and just and is playing at this point um, because it's much lower stakes than having to come back in Game Four of this like marquee playoff matchup. Yeah. But if I were a Houston fan, I would definitely feel like I dodged a bullet. And <laughs> and now you look at Brooklyn and you're like, those picks. I'm feeling great about those picks. Are they yeah. really going to give five years, two hundred fifty million to Kyrie? Great. Oh, Sign them up. Lock yeah. yourselves in. I know. I know. It's absolutely insane. Um, Let's take a quick break, and then I want to talk about the all-rookie first team. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back after that quick break. Uh, Al, the all-rookie first teams will be announced at some point. I actually don't even know when. Um, Second teams too? Yeah, second teams too. Yeah. Okay. This year you could do a third team. You could. In past years, there's you you could barely do a first team. Yeah, barely. There were years where it was like, oh my gosh, do do we do it based on minutes played? Like, how do we do this? <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, this season, it's incredible. Uh, so let's talk about. I want to talk about locks for the all rookie first team, and just talk about does Josh Giddy have a chance to make it? Um, Cade Cunningham. Lock him in. I lock him up. Uh, rookie of the year, Scotty Barnes. Lock him in. Lock him up. Lock him up. Uh, Evan Mobley. Lock him up. Yep. I would lock. I would lock in Franz Wagner too. I, I think he's less of a lock than those first three, but I still feel very. Con- I would like bet on him making the first yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. And so it's this last slot that I think where you could make the case for for Herb in this slot. And I think if voting had happened during the playoffs, Herb would have made it. Yeah. I mean, he played a ton of games, played a ton of minutes. Herb had 130 steals this season. That's 
50 more steals than second place Scotty Barnes. 50. Wow. Uh, I mean, that stat alone is insane. Uh, if you just love potential and you're West Coast guy, you might put Jonathan Kaminga there. It's kind of hard to argue him, but the guy I think is that is going to get that slot is Jalen Green. Um, now, if you're a Thunder fan, you think, wait, wait, wait. Jalen Green didn't have a good start to his season. He was horrible. Um, let's just take a look at the overall numbers. Uh, he's second in total points amongst rookies. He's first and made threes and shot 34% on like really high degree of difficulty threes. He's second in free throw attempts, shooting almost 80% from the line. He's 11th in rebounds and 10th in assists. He also played a lot more games. He played 13 more games than Josh Giddy did. Um, Cade played 10 more. Mobley played 15 more. Kaminga played 16 more. Bones Highland played 15 more. Shangun played 18 more. Scotty Barnes played 20 more games. Hurt played 24 more games. Franz Wagner played 25 more games than Josh Giddy. I think that alone is going to knock him to the second team. Just the games played. He only played 54 games. And I just don't think... I think that that is going to hurt him the most. And I know that he won Rookie of the Month all those months. That's great. He can have those awards at home. However, I just have a hard time believing that voters are going to look at... Because the thing is, like, how many of these voters sat and watched all of these Oklahoma, all 54 games of Josh Giddy? I'd say it's maybe like two. <laughs> Because, yeah. like, I don't know if I don't know who's I don't know who has a vote for the all rookie teams, but my guess is that there's one person from from Oklahoma City, and that might be the only person that watched all of those games, and might be the only person that votes him on the all rookie first team because he did do impressive stuff. He was third in total rebounds, even after even only playing 54 games, third in total rebounds, second in assists, twelfth in points. So you can assume if he played the extra 10 games that Cade Cunningham did or the extra 13 games that Jalen Green did, like his stats look pretty, would look pretty good. Uh, and they still look pretty good. And he was a really good player. But I do think that at the end of the day, I think it will be Jalen Green that will get that fifth slot. And it could be Green and Herb. It could be Franz and Green. I get whoever it is. I just don't think that, I think that people are going to remember the end of the season. And they're going to say, yeah, Giddy was good, but he didn't play enough. Let's put him on the second team. Yeah, and it's it's t- completely about the class. Like, if you put Josh Giddy in the Brogdon Embiid class, when people were trying to... He might to, win Rookie this, of the Year. Yeah, he legitimately might, might win Rookie of the Year only playing whatever he played. Because that was just, like, such a weak rookie season, a rookie class. So, I don't really care. I'm fine with him being. I, in fact, Andrew, I would say I don't really care about awards anymore. <laughs> I feel like I put in my time in the 2017 MVP uh, yeah. wars, and yeah. the, the the more it goes on, the less interested I am in awards. Uh-huh. At this point, I just want to see. I just want to know who's going to win the championship. I want to know who's going to be Finals MVP. Yeah. Like those are the players I'm trying to focus more on because I just. I'm sick of getting so hung up on who was the most valuable player in the regular season, and then they just flame out in the playoffs. Whether whether it's and this isn't even a shot at Jokic, but like Embiid right now too. Like that last game with Embiid, 
like his thumbs hurt. Why is he getting beat by Precious Achua mm-hmm. over and over and over again? Mm-hmm. Like it's just frustrating. And you look at someone now like Jason Tatum, and it's like, well, here's a guy I feel like I can believe in. Wow, oh, yeah, man. And it, obviously, this wasn't his year. He didn't start out great. But if he comes back and has another year, like he's going to be mm-hmm. in the MVP conversation. And you'll probably feel a lot better about it because the Celtics are just like a much better team. But I don't know. I'm just like sick of the awards. Like I, I just I don't know what any of them mean anymore. I don't really care. the The <laughs> defensive player of the year thing. Like I, I get why people were mad about Marcus Smart. I get why people didn't or like wanted Marcus Smart to win. Yeah. Like the change in those odds after he sent out that quote retweet of Seth Partnow's tweet, yeah. which I brought up. Like it's just it's crazy. Like I just don't I don't know what any of it means anymore, and it feels like it's become an exercise like outside of the NBA. Like it's more just something for us to entertain ourselves with than having like any real meaning anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm just bored with it all. And so I don't care if Josh Giddy gets second team. I don't care if they don't put him on any team. I don't care anymore, Andrew. I don't care about rookie of the month. <laughs> I don't care about any of that anymore. Awards are dumb. Maybe we'll care when we start winning again. No, if, if the, if the thunder have an MVP maybe. candidate, yeah, I want I want to promise here today, Andrew. Yeah, that I will I will not be one of these fans that just just I almost said a bad word that just posts constantly on Twitter. I'm not going to turn into like swipe a cam, Andrew. <laughs> are you familiar with swipe a cam? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's good. Um, I promise that to you. Okay, which which we were kind of that the Westbrook year. Yeah, I know. I'll hold you. to It was it. miserable. I'll hold you to it. Um, Thank you. People are people are talking about that Franz is an NBA smart guy. He is, but he's like legitimately also very good. And saying that like my argument that no one watched Giddy. The, the problem is that like people needed to watch Giddy because he only played fifty four games. It's not that like people were watching Franz Wagner. They weren't. They weren't watching him either. However, people are gonna go to NBA.com slash stats and start sorting those stats. And when they see Franz Wagner games played, what he did statistically this season. It's impressive. And that's that's the point. Is like to me, like some of Giddy's stats are impressive, but what was really impressive is if you actually watched him play, where you're like, oh my gosh, like he makes his teammates better. Like he makes guys yeah. better. But that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. And yeah, for, for, that's what that's what I that's the that's the point of saying like nobody watched him in comparison to Franz, because Franz played a lot more games than he put oh, 20, 25 more how, games. How hard it is to be efficient as a rookie. The fact that Franz Wagner played 30 minutes a game, 79 games, and his shooting splits were 47, 35, and 86. Yeah. Like, that's just incredibly hard to do as a rookie. I don't care how good the, or bad the team is. Mm-hmm. That is really hard to do. We have not had – I mean, Kevin Durant didn't shoot those percentages when he came into the league. Yeah. Like, it's it's really hard to do that. So, yeah, I'm totally fine with Franz getting it. Yeah. And and talking about, like, you need to watch him, I feel like Trey Mann's, like – and we've talked about it, like the ultimate version of that. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Because his stats are, you're like, oh, man, he kind of sucked as a rookie. And you can, like – you can talk yourself yeah. – you can talk yourself into it just from the stats. But if you were there to watch him on TV, or if you ever if you saw him in person, it's just like wow, like this. There's some there's some real stuff there with him. Yeah, that's why. Like, I mean, not to pick on. Uh, okay, I won't say it. Never mind. 
Okay. Well, I was just going to say sometimes at the end of the year or even across a full year, guys put up good stats. They score a lot of points for bad teams. But if you're actually watching it, nothing of it really stands out as like, oh, this is super impressive. Yeah. It's more just like they're putting, just they're accumulating stats. Yeah. Whereas like Trey didn't really accumulate stats, but the things he did do look like they are going to develop into something very real. Yeah. Like yeah. you, you can't deny how much room he creates. Yeah. On on his stepbacks. Yeah. That is something. I mean, it's not unique to Trey, but the the amount of space is kind of unique. Uh huh. That is like a real NBA skill where there have been other players in Thunder Pass, not naming any names, who have who have maybe scored more points, been successful at, at, at accumulating stats, but watching how they score those points, there's nothing there where I'm like, that's going to be like his calling card yeah. in the NBA, like yeah. trying to find an actual real NBA skill. Yeah, trying to replicate it is yeah. more difficult. Uh, okay. I thought it might be interesting to look at a couple teams that are very successful right now and discuss their path to being successful, especially through the draft. And a couple teams that aren't uh, attracting, you know, big time free agents. Like they kind of have to build like the Thunder are building now. And that's the Suns and the Bucks. And the let's talk about the Suns first because <clears throat> I think a lot of people look at the Suns and like, oh, that's what the Thunder need to be. Like, that's how, like, how do we, how do we become the Suns? Let's just, let's, let's take a look at how it actually happened. So before their current run, they last made the playoffs in 2010 was the last time before they made their finals run last year. And in 2010, 2011, they went 40 and 42. So let's just call that their Poku draft. You know, we have our Poku draft, which is like Sands, like our first real draft. Uh, in 2011, they took Markeith Morris at 13. The next year, 2012, they took Kendall Marshall at 13. The following year, in 2013, they were really, really bad. They got the fifth pick in the draft. They took Alex Len. This I is, talked myself into Alex Len that year. This is worth... We're, let's say we're this is that's draft number two for them. Let's just say that's draft number two for them. Draft number two. They've got Kendall Marshall and Alex Len. Draft number three, 2014. TJ Warren, known loser, and Tyler Ennis both selected in the teens. <laughs> you you still holding out? You, his playoff, his bubble performance didn't sway you permanently. No, definitely not. <laughs> 2015, they picking 13th. They get Devin Booker. That's their first good draft. We're four years in. Year five, they're going for it. 2016, they get they have the fourth pick, and they have some ammo, and they take Dragon Bender and Marquise Chris. That's your that's your draft number five. Draft number six, they have the fourth pick again. They stink. They take Josh Jackson. We're six drafts in now. Six. So think about, like, I want to become the Suns. How do we become the Suns? They're six drafts in, and they've had what I would say two, one really good draft and one decent draft with Markeith Morris, who is only, we only say that one's good because he just stayed in the NBA for a long time. You could even call that a, like, and he was drafted 13th. Fine. Six. Seventh draft, 2017. 
2018, they get Aiton. Great. That's awesome. 2019, they get the sixth pick. They trade it for Sharich and the 11th pick and took Cam Johnson, which looks like an absolute steal of a trade. And then 2020, their last pick in the lottery, they took Jalen Smith. And we all know how that ended up. That he basically, they took Torrey Craig <laughs> at the 10th slot because they traded him for Torrey Craig. So that's 10 drafts. 10. And the Suns had, and I'm being generous when I say four good drafts out of 10 to get here. And they had made some other trades. Obviously, they got Mikel Bridges in a trade in 2018, uh, which is great. They And that's when like new management took over, 2018, and things started to shift a little bit for them. But the path to get there, Devin Booker's kind of smashed in the middle of these just horrendous decisions. Kendall Marshall, Alex Lynn, TJ Warren, Tyler Ennis. TJ Warren, by the way, a player that they had to they had to jettison him out of town because he was he was too much of a locker room cancer for them. They had to get him out of there. And they were willing to pay a draft pick to get him gone. Talented player, good player, but hurting their culture, actively hurting their culture. And so you get lucky with Devin Booker. I mean, you draft fourth two years in a row. I mean, they draft fifth, fourth, fourth, and they got nothing out of those three. And they also traded for another top 10 pick, and Marquise Chris and got nothing out of that one, too. And all they had to do was hit on Booker, they hit on Aiton, and they hit on Bridges. That's three. three pl- and they traded for Bridges, and they made the, made the very much the right deal. And they did the right deal with Cam Johnson, too, trading back. You know, sometimes trading back seems like, oh my gosh, why, did, why are they doing this? Uh, are they going to have another chance at like a good lottery pick? Well, it just turns out they just did the right, the exact right thing with taking Cam. And then they did the exact wrong thing the next year with taking Jalen Smith, where we had to give them the benefit of the doubt with taking the older big at that slot. Um, so when we think about, like, how can we as a, or how can the Thunder become the Suns, where you're just the top of the league dominating? Uh, you don't want to take their path. <laughs> Their path was bad. The Thunder have already almost cemented that they're not taking their that path because they wanted for years to be good. Even after 2015, it was well known that Devin Booker was a good player and they were trying to put the pieces around him and Bender and Chris and Jackson and it was just excruciating. It was so, so bad. And you can go back and you can look at the drafts and say, oh, they should have taken that guy or this guy. Yeah. But to make the wrong pick six out of 10 drafts when you have a good pick is just kind of astonishing. And yet, and still, they ended up in a good spot eventually, which is... It's a, it's a testament to the, the league's ability to pull guys to the middle. It's a testament to what good management can do. And there was a lot to clean up. 
when James Jones got there. There was a lot to clean up. People questioned a lot of the things that he was doing when he first got there. It's like, why, why are you trading TJ Warren for nothing? Look what, he's, look what he just did in the bubble. Like the Suns just traded that guy? What were they doing? Uh, they knew what they were doing. And then it became very clear what they needed to do after that bubble season was that they needed to get somebody to help them take the next step. And Chris Paul was the perfect player for that. It was the perfect player. Uh, I want to take a look at the Bucks as well. And how did they build after they got Giannis? Let's say Giannis is their Poku pick. That's their, that's their first player to come in to help them with their rebuild. Uh, they draft Jabari Parker, number two, in 2014. 2015... Rashawn Vaughn at 17. 2016, Don McCurr. 2017, DJ Wilson. 2018, Dante DiVincenzo. So we're talking six drafts from Giannis to DiVincenzo, which the 2018-19 season was the first time the Bucks got out of the first round since drafting Giannis. So it took them a while from 13-14, which is Giannis's rookie season, all the way to 18-19 to get out of the first round. And along the way, you get the number two pick, and you get these other picks in there, and you just miss, 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 miss. And yet, because you have the guy, I mean, this is just, this like screams the importance of having the guy and having a guy that can help your team and can become something great. I mean, you can even look at the Mavericks right now, where the Mavericks just got the right guy in Luka, and they didn't have to hit. The Bucks didn't have to hit. They made some good trades. Chris Middleton developed there. Like they, they made it work. And that's where... And also, like they've, they've got good management there now it took i mean you can look at the the wreckage we talked about the suns the wreckage that the bad management and bad ownership frankly took it's bad but if you this is where i think as a thunder fan you should be pretty excited is that one like you have a general manager that's not going to push the freaking button and that is going to let this develop in the right way They've already hit on draft number one, which is Josh Giddy. We don't know where they're going to select in draft number two. I feel like there's some good players in this in this upcoming draft. They're not all going to be good. We know that. We know that. We don't know who's going to end up being the bad player in the 2021 draft. Right now, it looks like Jalen Suggs. Um, it could be he could still be good, and then we go as low as Davion Mitchell at nine. Uh, Kaminga could not develop from where he's at. However, like that was a great draft. It was, and they picked the right guy in that draft. We got a good, we're going into draft number two. I mean, draft number two for the Bucks was Jabari Parker. Draft number two for, I mean, I guess you could even say it was Rashad Vaughn was draft number two for the Bucks. For the Suns, it's Alex Len. Draft number two. Now, the Thunder could miss 
in this next draft. It's 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 possible that the Thunder miss in this next draft. And you know, I think that these two stories tell you that one, there are going to be misses along the way. You're hoping that you don't miss six out of ten drafts. <laughs> really seven out of ten drafts, like you completely miss. You hope that you don't. You hope that you don't miss on how many was that for the for the Bucks before they got to the second round? Six. They missed on four out of six drafts. You hope you don't miss on four out of six. But the Bucks were praised for what they did with Giannis. And they've come out and said, well, yeah, we didn't really know. Uh, you hope you don't miss on that many. You hope that you can connect. And the Thunder have enough picks to be able to connect, certainly. But it is instructive to look back at teams like, how do we get there? Because I like you can't compare the Thunder to big market teams like the Nets or whoever. Not that you want to be the Nets today, but you can't you can't make that comp. You can make the comp between teams like the Suns and the Bucks, who were built through trade and the draft. Like that's how those teams were primarily built, and the path to get to where they are today was for the Suns. It was pick 13 working out for them being extra horrible and getting Aiton and then bridges like that's how they got there and the Bucks path was just being so incredibly lucky and getting Giannis at 15 missing on the next season when you have the second pick like that was supposed to be the guy for them they didn't think Giannis was going to be the guy when they got Jabari it was like oh this is Jabari Parker's team this is great and hopefully this Greek freak guy can do something. You know, you just don't know. Um, so to me, like, if you compare these two scenarios and where the Thunder are at with pick number two, like, you have to be feeling pretty good at where they're at. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Me having uh, not heard any of that and coming back into it <laughs> while Andrew mutes himself. Yeah, I agree, Andrew. I think that's a great point you made. So the reason I had to leave was uh, my wife really wanted our house to get clean yeah. before we had, had the baby. And the cleaners, they they quoted us two fifty. Andrew, they came, they showed up and quoted us five hundred. They doubled the quote, Andrew. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. So uh, we had to, we had to turn them down. We had to send them away. <gasps> you tur- you sent them away. Which means I probably have to do the cleaning now. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Well, I thought it, I just thought it would be kind of interesting to look back at teams. And like, how do we, how do the Thunder become them? I think one that I'd like to deep dive on maybe next week is the Celtics in particular, because they do have like the treasure trove of assets, you know, portion of it that we have. And like, how did they, how did they become who they are today? Like how many hits and how many misses did they have? I just, so I ran through the draft history of the Suns. It took 10 drafts for them to get to where they are today. And they missed on six out of ten drafts. Yeah, I mean they they absolutely just missed. However, they are still, when healthy, a dominant team. Even though they missed on six out of ten drafts, like it just shows that you don't have to be perfect, and you don't have to have the perfect scenario to become a, a good team, to become a team that's that's good. You do, however have to hit on a Devin Booker or a Giannis. And, you know, with Giannis, it didn't matter. The other, like, they eventually got the pieces around him. Uh, For Devin Booker, like, they had to get Aiton, they had to get Bridges, they had to get, um, they had to get Chris Paul. And to me, that, that seems like more of, like, a path for, like, an SGA team being really good is... Let's hit on these other pieces. Let's hit on like three or four other pieces, and then perhaps you make a trade that puts you over the top. You know, unless the Thunder get, if they draft Paulo Boncaro and he's like a star, then you don't have to take that model. But there is still a model out. There are still ways to succeed outside of drafting like the a generational player. You know, and the right. sun, and the Suns are. The Suns are living proof of that because Aiton is not a generational big, but he was awesome last night and is 
you know, one of the big reasons that they made the finals last year. So I heard you, uh, you're, you're changing your tune a little on Palo. You, you, you said you had him at a one B. He's pretty good. He's, he's, he's pretty awesome. Do you think, do you think there's a chance he could be your one a, um, with, with a little more, just with a little more, maybe you'll read a little more, watch a little more. I, I mean, there's not, obviously he's not going to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> on tape um but he's awesome he's i i don't know if i will have him as my 1a just because of the defensive stuff that Chet can do that he can't but man if you were to to me if you were to pick a guy like who in this top five is going to be the guy it would be tempting to not pick Paula Bancara. Yeah, I I've definitely I, I felt different. I mean, I, I think I told you a couple of weeks ago. I felt different about him after reading uh, the Dean Dean on draft article. Which, which, oh, Dean. Yeah, I mean, Dean's an interesting guy, and he has some some very very hot takes. Uh, but it it was just helpful having someone compare him statistically to the guys he gets compared to mm-hmm. and realizing that, Oh, you know what? He actually is a much better, just statistically a much better prospect than Julius Randall, much better prospect than Jabari yeah. Parker. Like boxing he, him in as one of those guys is it does, does him no justice whatsoever. Like it's really, un, it's honestly unfair to him to do that. And it also just doesn't make sense. Like he is so much more advanced as a passer, which when you think about this Thunder team and the type of players they've targeted, you start to realize like, oh, he could actually fit in like really well on this Thunder team. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, 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 they are definitely my one, two, I would say uh, at this point um, in some order. He also made, he, he made interesting points on Chet which is like if you're and and we we do this so much like oftentimes like people will do it in this draft they'll say like who's the next Jalen Brunson who's the next yeah. uh Mikael Bridges yeah. because those are the guys that are performing right now in uh-huh. the draft and frankly like Mikael Bridges archetype is always going to be valuable in the league no matter what yeah but he made the good point that like if you're a young team and you're drafting you need to be thinking about will this player type be valuable in 5 years Mm-hmm. Because that's mostly w- likely when you're actually going to be good. Like, is the player type you're drafting now, is it going to, is it future proof? Yeah. In a sense. And he, and he basically said, like, if you're all in on Chet over Palo, you're betting on Chet being this one of one. Yeah. That just, like, can't be replicated. Yeah. But if you start looking at some of these future draft classes, it's not impossible that we see more Chets in the future. Sure. I mean, arguably, like, Victor Wembanyama is, like, a, a better version of, like, Chet. And and there's going to be more seven-foot, you know, ball handlers in the future. Like, that that feels like where the league's headed with the, the guys coming in these next couple of years. So, mm-hmm. that I thought that was an interesting argument. It's like, are you taking Chet because you actually think he's going to be the best of that version of player in five years? Or are you mm-hmm. just taking him because he feels it feels scarce right now? And so you want to jump on it, but it it might not be as scarce in five years. And maybe in five years you have like the Clint Capella of that archetype, <laughs> as opposed to like you know whatever the Jokic yeah. or Embiid. Yeah, it definitely or the Evan Mobley. 
Yeah. Oh, it feels that it kind of does feel that way with Limbanyama and Mobley and Chet. Like it does feel they do feel similar. And yeah. And it does feel like Chet, at least for right now, you would rank him third among those three guys of that type of seven foot ball handling, good defense type of prospect. Yeah. Maybe it's it's so hard to to know. I mean, but either way, like that's that's why that's those are some of the reasons why I'm I'm open to the idea of like if they if they got the number one pick and they took Paolo, I wouldn't be like upset. I still think I feel in my bones that they would take Chet. Yeah, I do too. I do. But too. who knows? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a I still love Chet. I think he's awesome. I think he would be great here. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. We are how many weeks away are we from the lottery? 3 weeks from the from the draft lottery night. Is it May 16th? 17th. 17th. Yeah. Oh boy, that's coming up. I know. Finally. I know. It's it's not long and then we will know how to really talk about these prospects and you know where the Thunder will pick and and who we take at eight and twelve. Who yeah who who do we like at eight and twelve? <laughs> who are we talking to ourselves? Well, I guess at eight and I guess I should say eight and thirteen. Yeah who are we, yeah who do we like at eight and thirteen? That Pelicans pick or the Pelicans doing what they did for us for the Clippers pick is still just such a. To me, it just feels like such a big deal. It may not end up being a big deal. Maybe Giannis is at 15, and we're just going to screw that up <laughs> again. Yeah. But it does just feel – it just still, like to this day, feels like pretty significant to how the Thunder rebuild this team and how they you know, eventually become a successful team again. It was, it was a nice little break to have, a nice little break to get. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be – I mean, I mean it, it, 15th, wouldn't have felt bad either yeah. but it's more just that even if there's a drop off at 11 you're going to have this selection of the first guys of the next tier you know yeah exactly yeah all right thanks so much for joining us on today's show we will talk to you guys again on friday uh, maybe l man will have another big time deep dive i don't know i guess you'll have to tune in to find out we will be live around probably 6 30 a.m on friday can join us on youtube if you're listening to just the podcast be sure to subscribe to our youtube channel as well you can hit the little bell to get alerts on when we go live you can join us um uh, jonathan watkins says hello from pig out palace in henrietta oklahoma you know the l man and i used to frequent the pig out palace by the way that that is that a chain or is it is oh no player? oh no this is uh this is a, a henrietta staple what why have I, why do I why have I been there? Why would I have gone there? I, I remember that name. Yeah, we go there. We go there on our way Henrietta. to the lake with with L Man. We had Pig Out Palace T shirts. Yeah, because I re- I remember what the the little character looks like. Yeah, the pig. yeah, yeah. Shout out Pig Out Palace. All right, you guys have a good rest of your day. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday.